And that is certainly a great introduction to what we're going to be talking about as we get into today's message. So we're in this series of Unstoppable, but listen, I want to tell you real quickly, we are two weeks away from Easter weekend, just an incredible weekend that we're going to be celebrating, that, that I'm actually going to be talking about um, reigning love. It's going to be a standalone message that I'm going to be talking about for Easter Sunday. It'll be a great time for you to invite a friend and invite a family member to be able to come. But, but also, I want to let you know, we're going to be doing services also on the Saturday before Easter. And so um, in, in order for me to try to encourage you or bribe you to try to come to Saturday in, instead of Sunday, because I'm not uh, ashamed of doing that, that uh, instead of our coffee shop being coffee and instead of our coffee shop being cookies, we're actually going to be giving out sodas and nachos. And so that's going to be my way of trying to bribe you to, to go, oh, you know, maybe Saturday is going to work a little better for us, you know, that, that you'd be willing to come Saturday so that we can free up more space on Easter Sunday in here. So if that does work with your schedule, I would certainly encourage you, encourage you with some nachos, to, to be able to come on Saturday evening instead of on Sunday. We're going to be doing that at five o'clock on that Saturday, so 13 days from now. So love to have you be here for that. Also, that we also have this coming Friday, we have our family movie night. And so if you've not already signed up for that, please sign up for that. It is free, but we ask you to sign up so that we can be prepared. Again, another great way for you to be inviting people. Well, talking about unshakable. So we, we've been in this series of unshakable, and, and with this series, we're, we're talking about what, what are these things that, that God uses to grow our faith? Because he does. He, he wants to grow our faith. And today, what we're going to be talking about very specifically is this idea of not without you. That, that, that what is God doing to grow our faith? And how is it that he ends up using people in our life to, to help grow our faith? That, that I think all of us have been at a place where we've been able to say something like, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for, and we would fill in said person. That there are just some people that, that, that they, they've just kind of propped us up, they've kind of guided us, they pulled us when we needed to be pulled, they pushed us, when, they, they, they hugged on us and loved on us, when we, but, but we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for, and, and that we all have these, and, and some of us have even been that person for somebody else. We, we've been the one that's been there for them, and, and, and this is what, something that God uses to, to really grow our faith. And so since I'm the person with the microphone, I get to be the person that gets to talk about a, a few of these people in my life. And I certainly don't have time to talk about all of the people in my life, but, but I just want to mention a, a, a few of them and, and just really how God has used these people in my life. Not without them, what would I be where I am today? That, that I wouldn't be where I am today if, if my parents really hadn't propped me up and, and, and really believed in me. But not only did they do that, my parents had a faith that they really did everything they could to instill in me that I would have my own faith. And, and I do. I, I have my own faith. I don't have my parents' faith. I've got my faith. And, and they just did such a, an incredible job of, of doing that and, and loving on me and just causing me to, to have confidence in myself because of seeing how much they believed in me. That That, that is certainly one of these people. I, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for Pastor Corey. That Pastor Corey and I go way back. We knew each other when I was in junior high. He was in high school, and and and, and that's when we we began to to know each other. And we went to the same church together. Well, he ended up starting his ministry before I started mine. I graduated a little bit later than he did from college. And but he actually connected me up with another youth pastor that I was able to be an intern 
underneath this person and, and just really grow and, and just learn some things about ministry that I wouldn't have been able to learn if I hadn't have had an intern. And his name is J.P. Manley. And, and, and J.P. Just, just taught me so much. And in fact, one of the things that, that J.P. taught me that I wouldn't be where I am today is, is J.P. really taught me the value of prayer. Not, 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 not just the prayer of, oh God, can, can you take care of this? And will you heal them? And will you deliver on this? And we really need this. And this is the timing. Which, I mean, we, we do those kind of prayers. And sure, that, that's part of our prayer life. But he taught me so much more about prayer. He taught me about, about praying, God, God, would you use me? God, I, I, I'm going to submit myself to you daily. I'm, I'm just doing this. God, God, would you show me how you can use me today? Did this, these kinds of prayer, God would, God, would you show up in a way bigger than what anybody expects as we begin to step in and do? And he just taught me so much about prayer. And I wouldn't be where I am today in ministry and personally if, if it wasn't for JP. I, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for Cheryl. If it wasn't for this person in my life that I love more than any other person on this planet, and, and, and God just kind of put us together, and, and, and really, it, we have a providential relationship, and, and, and the reason that I know that without a doubt is because we had two blind dates together, and I don't have time to get into that. But, but, you, but you know that, that God's up to something when, when you got two blind dates that, that you have together. So, so I, I wouldn't be where I am today if, if it wasn't for her and, and, and what she did and what she continues to do. I, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for this guy named Brett McDonald. He's my best friend in life. And um, when, when it comes to Brett, before he was ever my best friend and, and our friendship was just getting started, he kind of looked at Cheryl's in my life, and he looked at his, and he saw how we just weren't really me specifically. I wasn't doing a good job of, of leading my family financially. And he literally, he, he sat me down, and he said, I, I want to show you some tools that I use and how we've been able to position ourselves and, and what we do. And, and so he did. He, he gave me the tools and a vision for a better financial future. And, and, and that was almost 30 years ago. That, that this happened. And so I, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for him. And, and, and I know you guys didn't come to, to hear me talk about all these different people in my life and, and, and what they've done and, and how I wouldn't be where I am today. And so I'm going to try to try to limit who it is that, I, that I'm going to talk about. But, but when it comes to our life and this idea of not without you, that we also have this statement that we've either said and or that we've heard, and I don't know, how I would have made it through without, and we insert some people. That, that whatever that difficulty was, whatever the challenge was, whatever it is that, that we were facing, and, and that, that we wouldn't have been able to make it through if it wasn't for and, and these people. And, and it's people that, that God puts in our life. It's, it's not without these people. And listen, people add value to our lives. And, and I think there's some very specific ways that people add value to our lives. I, I think people add value to our lives when, when people encourage us, that, that we feel value being added to our lives. People add value to our lives when, when they give us hope. Maybe it's a restoring of some hope that we've lost, or maybe it's just giving us some hope that we've never even had. That, that people add value to our lives when they speak into our lives and they give us perspective. 
That, that sometimes we, we, we just get in this tunnel vision and, and we're locked into this, this tunnel vision and, and, and we can't see other, and they give us that perspective that other times it's like, hey, we're just lost in the fog. We're, we're just lost in the, we, we can't see any, make sense of anything. And they give us perspective. That sometimes people add value to our lives when they hip check us, right? <laughs> you know, when, when, when they're kind of seeing that, yeah, you're really not being who you need to be. You're, 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 you're slacking or, or this is an, you're, you're off. And, and, and they, they speak into our life and, and, and they share some things and they, they confront us. And it's hard to welcome that, but, but they do. They, they'll, they'll speak, they'll, they'll confront us. And as they confront us, that we have the opportunity to go, you're right. And I've been wrong. This is how people, that they add value to our lives. That we've been on this journey together through this series. We've been on this journey together to discover how God grows our faith. That the very first work I just really talked about, the first first week of this, I talked about an enduring faith and just how we all long to have an enduring faith. That, 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 that we all long to have this, this unshakable faith that, that no matter what happens, that, that we would still be strong in our faith. That, that we, we don't wake up in the morning and, and say, hey, God, will, will you just really kind of throw me a curveball? And, and God, will you really just kind of let me just go through a messy situation so that I can really see you? We, we don't ask God to do that. But, but it's those types of things that, that God often uses to grow our faith. And so after taking that first week to just kind of paint a broad stroke picture of, of having this unshakable faith, that I started getting into some very specific ways of how God grows our faith. And that first one that I shared with you is practical teaching. Practical teaching. That, that this is one of the ways that God grows our faith. Listen, everybody has a version of God. Now, their version of God might be, um, that's kind of fictitious. It's make-believe. God really doesn't exist. God's just a crutch, you know, for you to lean on because you can't stand on your own. And that might be some people's version of God. Uh, other people, their, their version of God, that might be this. It might be, oh, you know, God, God, God God's just a loving God. And, 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 and God just, just, God loves everybody and God loves everyone and, and, and we're just here to be loved by God and it really doesn't matter what we do because God's going to love us anyway and who am I to say what somebody else is doing is right? We, we just need to all get along because God loves us all and, and, and it's just going to be great. Can we sing Kumbaya? You know, there's just some people, that, that's just kind of their, their version of God. So some people's version of God is that they, they carry around a, a, a weapon. Uh, they don't call it that. They call it a Bible. But, 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 but they carry around a weapon. And, and, and as soon as they see somebody doing something that goes against something that they've read, they use that weapon. And, 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 and they kind of pull that thing out and they kind of flash it in front of you, hoping that's going to, if not, maybe I'm going to hit you. I mean, it's just, a, I'm going to use this to correct you because their version of God is that he put me here and he's got this Bible here so that I can correct you. That's some people's version of God. And I think that it's going to take practical teaching in order for you and I to have a correct version of God. 
It's not just enough to go, hey, I read through some of these pages, but that we could make sense, that we could uh, go, hey, this is practical. I know how to live this. I know how to do something with, with what is in here. And it's this practical teaching that God uses to grow our faith. And, and, and so you and I, when, when, when our faith is put in action and, and we get to see that alongside of God's faithfulness, our faith grows. Another way that we see God growing our faith is through personal ministry. And this is what we talked about last week. Through personal ministry is one of the ways God grows our faith, that, that, that where you and I, were, where we would step out of our comfort zone, and that, that, that we get really comfortable. Some of us have a tighter comfort zone. Some of us have a bigger comfort zone. You know, but, 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 but we've got a little safety ledge. We know, oh, don't, don't go beyond that. Stay, stay in the bubble. But it's when we step out of our comfort zone and we begin to get involved in a personal ministry in a way that, that we're going to love on people in the name of Jesus because of what we're going to be doing. That, that, that it's in Jesus' name that, that I'm doing this, whether I'm just loving on you, whether I'm being here to help you, being here to serve you, whether it's, hey, I'm going to help actually teach you something from the Bible, whatever level, maybe you're part of a, a welcoming group for us, or maybe you're part of our welcome team, and, and you're just high-fiving and welcoming them, good, good, good to see you, good to have you guys here, good to see you back, and maybe you're just doing that, maybe you're out in the parking lot, and, and you're just holding signs, it's going to be a great day, welcome home, glad you're here, it, it's just, you're, you're just serving people in the name of Jesus, and then and that you get to grow because of how God uses you in the way that you're beginning to serve others. And it's a way that God uses to grow our faith. And today we're going to end up dialing in on providential relationships. This idea of not without you, that, that, that these, this way that, that God grows our faith and that he grows our faith through these providential relationships. It's, it's, it's where we look at where, where our life was headed, and maybe it wasn't bad, but, but it just got a whole lot better because you go, and you look back and go, when, when did that, when did that, what well, was, is when I met, it, it, it's, it's when I started talking with, and they started showing, it's, it's these providential relationships is what God uses to grow our faith. And the providential relationships are pivotal relationships that God drops into our life. They're, they're, they're pivotal. And they're, they're, what I mean by this is, is that we're kind of facing one way and, and this kind of where we're headed. And, and when God puts these people in our life, these providential relationships, that, that we begin to pivot and we, and we begin to turn and go, okay, that's, that's where I'm going to be heading now. Thank you. Thank you for guiding me. Thank you for encouraging me. Thank you for sharing hopes. Thank you for sharing perspective. Thank you for giving me encouragement. It, it, it's that we pivot and we start moving in a direction that we're facing now that's a much better direction for our lives. And that these providential relationships, we don't necessarily see them as providential and as they're getting started. Oftentimes it takes looking back in history to be able to look back and go, that was God. That, that, that was God putting that person in my life, this providential relationship. And, and sometimes those providential relationships, it, 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 it feels like it's, it's people sticking their nose in our business. And it's hard to welcome that. These providential people, they can be so many different people. Maybe, maybe it's a step-parent that God just ends up putting into your life and, and, 
And, and that becomes this providential relationship in your life. Of maybe it was somebody you met at the gym or somebody you met at the coffee shop. You, you had no idea that a relationship was actually going to start out of this, but, but it did. And it's this providential relationship. That, that if we have time, we're going to be looking at three different passages. We're going to get through two for sure today. But, but if we have time, we're going to get into three. And so we're going to get started in the book of John. And so John's a gospel, and and John's one of these guys that that when he starts writing his gospel account of the life and times of Jesus, he he just hits the ground running. If you look at Matthew's version, it's more like, okay, here's 14 set of generations, another 14 set of generations, and another 14 set of generations before we see Jesus come along, and you're reading through all of them. It's hard. It's hard to start in the book of Matthew and keep wanting to read because you're just reading all these names. You don't even know how to pronounce them, what they're going on, you know. But but John, he's like, okay, we're we're just going to hit the ground running. Okay, and, and, and in the beginning was the word, you know, the word was God, the word was with God, the word became flesh. He just, in the begin, he just hits the ground running, sharing things about Jesus and revealing things about Jesus. And, and, he, and he quickly gets to, still in chapter one, he gets to where Jesus starts calling on the disciples, the, the, these 12 men that he's going to invite, he's going to be their teacher, their rabbi over them, that he's going to invite to be his students, his followers, that he's going to pour and invest into them. And so we, we get started with this in, in John chapter one, and, and we get to see how he invites Philip, this guy named Philip, and he and invites him to, to follow him, not, not just to know him, but, but to, to follow me and, and be with me. And so Philip, he, he agrees to do this, and he's going to, and, and what Philip does next is that Philip invites somebody else. Look at this with me. In John chapter one, we'll start in verse 45. Philip found Nathaniel told him, we found the one that Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. That, that, what he is saying, in case you're, you're kind of new to church or you're a fresh returner or you really not read your Bible much, he's saying this. He's saying, listen, we know that there's been this, all this prophecy for hundreds of years of this one who would come. And he's telling Nathaniel. Jesus, we've met the one that's the fulfillment of these prophecies. It's Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, because Jesus was a common name. And so he's kind of saying, well, 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 well what's Jesus? The, the, the one that's from Nazareth. And so we get to see what happens next. And, and we see this, verse 46, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked, come and see, said Philip. Now, now, now maybe it's hard for you to kind of wrap your mind about Around Nathaniel saying, can anything good come from there? The, the best way I could kind of help you understand this, that, that if you're a parent, and whether you're yet to have teens, or, or you're in the thick of teens, or you've already gotten through teens, okay, that, that there comes this time when, when our teens, they stop being 13, they stop being 14, and, and at some point, we start letting them kind of go out with their friends. You know, maybe it's when they're... Um, 16, maybe that's for you. Maybe it's when they're 18s when you do. Maybe you say, hey, when you're 2017, I'm going to finally let you go out and start doing things. With you. Whatever it is, but we all, we all do. We all decide when this is going to happen. And then we do. We let them start going out. But, but then we also end up telling them, and, and everybody has their own threshold. I'll just use midnight for my example. But, but we tell them there's nothing good that happens after midnight. You need to be home because there's, there's nothing good. That's gonna, it's just what could happen would be, it's nothing good. You just need to be home by, maybe for you, you know, you're like, there's nothing good that happens after 9 p.m. You're going to be home. Whatever your standard is, I don't know. 
But, but you pick your time and, and you share that. Well, Nazareth had a reputation that there's nothing good that happens there. Nothing good comes out of there. And, and, and Philip is saying, yeah, we've met him. He's Jesus of Nazareth. And he's like, can, can, can anything good come from Nazareth? And, and so he's at this place of he's being perplexed. In verse 47, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. See, Philip said, come and see. He's like, he's come, come, come with me. We're, we're going to go talk to Jesus. You're going to go meet him. And the first thing Jesus says is, hey, here's an Israelite. That there's, truly, there's no deceit in you. He's encouraging them. Verse 48, how do you know me, Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. How'd you see that? Yeah, he's just like, he's like, oh, okay, wow, there's, there's something going on. And then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, this word for teacher, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. You and I, we cannot create providential relationships. They wouldn't be providential. It's God that provides and creates these providential relationships. And and God, for Nathaniel, that Philip was this providential relationship. It was Philip that brought Nathaniel to Jesus. This providential relationship. That our faith, it grows, and one of the ways it grows is because of who we do life with. These providential relationships. Let's look at another passage together. It's found in the book of Hebrews, also in our New Testament. And, and, and the writer of Hebrews, as we get to chapter 10, we'll start in verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let's not swear. Let's hold on to that. He says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. And the day that, that the writer is referring to is he's referring to that one day Jesus is going to come back. And, and, and the day that Jesus is going to come back, he's going to come back and, and he's going to put an end to life on planets, right? Right now, the only life that we know of on planets is earth here, but, but he's going to put an end to that. And there's only going to be life in one of two places, eternal life. In heaven or hell. And let us not give up meeting together. Why? It's so important because that day, every day, the day keeps getting closer and closer. You might say this is true of me or you might go, "Uh, I've seen this be true of others. And it is that people tend to slip away from their faith community before they drift away from their faith. This is why these relationships, these faith relationships, these providential relationships are so important. 
And what happens more times than not is that people end up slipping away from their faith community. And, and, and the longer and the further they slip away from that, the greater the chances are that they're going to start drifting away from their faith, beginning to doubt God more, beginning to not want to follow what God's best would be. And they, they just do that. They, they just drift. And God uses these providential relationships to, to, to bring us back. He uses these providential relationships as an anchor point to keep us from slipping away, that we stay engaged in a faith community so that we don't drift away from our own faith. So I want to share with you four things about providential relationships, four four things and four ways that that we would understand these. The the, the first one is, is that providential relationships show up at just the right time. That that it's just the right time that, that God ends up putting these people in our lives at just the right time. He ends up doing the same with us, that he'll put us in other people's lives at just the right time. There'll be people, maybe this is your story, I, I, I was about ready to give up. And, 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 and for each of us, it could be different. I was about ready to give up on my marriage. I, I, I was about ready to give up on my job. For some, maybe it's even worse. I was about ready to give up on my life until I met and we insert said person. Because God ends up putting somebody in our life and they end up providing the encouragement that we needed. They ended up providing the hope. They ended up providing the perspective. They, they gave us that, that, that hip check, and, and they began to give us some, some correction, that they do this, and they show up at just the right time. It is part of providential relationships. Providential relationships also provide just what we've needed. So this is God. And God orchestrates and, and, and he puts these people, providence, he, he puts them in our life. And, and what do they do? They, they provide just what we've needed. Bear with me as I, as I tell you <clears throat> a time that, that God did this. And I, I'm going I'm to back up quite a bit because I want you to see just how long of a process that God was involved in to provide a providential relationship. It's a little over 10 years ago. There's a Wiki family that comes here. They gave birth to a stillborn child. Her name was Faith. And I ended up doing the funeral service for them, for little baby Faith. And less than two weeks later, I get a phone call. I get a phone call from Joni. And Joni calls me and she says, hey, I was at this funeral supporting my friend. And I'm engaged and I'm, I'm about to be getting married and we don't have anybody that, that would officiate, but, but really just 
just really appreciated how you handled that. And, and, and I would love for you, if you would be available, that, for you to consider officiating for David and I. So I agreed to do that, and we did premarital counseling, and we ended up doing the wedding. And, and through that, they said, Joni says, I, I've got a twin sister. They, they, well, they started coming to church here too, Joni and David did. And, and she goes, well, I've, I've got a twin sister, and we're going to be inviting her. And so her name's Julie. And, and so they invited Julie, and, and so they've been coming, and now you've got, look back over, over nine years, they've been, they've been here, and, and they started getting involved and plug in and make a difference here. And, and Julie, Julie ended up doing a, a career change a few years ago, and she started working for the Methodist hospitals. She doesn't work for them anymore, but, but she did at the time of what I'm getting ready to tell you. And she worked for Methodist Hospitals, and she was, she was a VP there for, so she was, she was there for HR. And Well, 15 months ago, my, my mother had COVID, and it got so bad that she had to be hospitalized. And so we sent her to Methodist. We, we knew Julie was there, and you know Cheryl was even the one that, that suggested that we that we go that route because because we know somebody. It was at a time that, unless you were the one being treated, you couldn't get into the hospital. And so we we sent mom there. As soon as Julie found out that mom was there, she would go and visit mom every day. We couldn't be there. She could. And my mom cherished those visits. In fact, my mom, and we've told Julie this. Julie's right here. <laughs> but but we've, we've told Julie this. And my mom calls Julie. That's just what she said. She's my little angel. Because mom knew God put her here for me. Mom was in that hospital for three weeks. And it got so bad, she put on, was put on life support. And then we as a family had to make a decision. And we decided it's, we got to take her off life support. And Julie, Julie called me. And she said, I'd love to be in there with your mom. And be there for you guys and FaceTime with you. Because your mom transfers from this life into heaven. And every day that she'd go in there, she'd have to double mask and put on a, a, a clear visor and taper and everything. And she would go in there and just spend time with my mom. And, and Julie goes in there. And she holds my mom's hand when none of us could be there. That is a providential relationship. That, that is God providing just what we've needed. And it's what providential relationships do. And, and, and God is the one who, he, he orchestrates these things because he knows just what we need.
and providential relationships. They don't just show up at the right time. They don't just provide just what we've needed, but they unite us to God's best for our lives. They, 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 do, they, they unite us to what God's best is for our lives. It, that this is where you and I, were, when, when, when our story turns to something like this, that I, I would have never stopped and insert bad behavior, insert bad habit. I, I never would have stopped binge drinking. I never would have stopped partying. I never would have stopped being that habitual. In, insert whichever. I, I never would have stopped if said person hadn't come into my life. That the providential relates, they, they unite us to God's best for our lives. That our story could also be, I, I never would have gone back to church. I, I never would have started reading the Bible again. I never would have stopped blaming God. That I never would have started volunteering and, and, and serving. If it wasn't for insert said person, didn't stop bugging me. W wouldn't give up on me. If they hadn't kept checking in and just loving on me and believing in me, I never would have. And God uses providential relationships to unite us to his best for our lives. And God uses providential relationships. And these providential relationships remain for a God-ordained season. The providential relationships, it's not always going to be that that person's going to become a best friend. It's not always going to be that they're going to stay in your life from that point forward. It's for a God-ordained season. Cheryl and I just finished being foster parents for 11 months. And we got to start with a 10-month-old little girl, precious little girl named Kylie. And at the time that we became her foster parents, she needed love, she needed nurture, she needed care. And she was not getting that in the home that she was in. In fact, in the home that she was in, mom had on multiple occasions said, I don't want this child had reached out to other family and said, will you just come take this child? <laughs> well, CPS got involved, and again, we were never signed up. We weren't on the list waiting for when do we get ours, and we get reached out too. Will you provide care for this little girl? We've got an investigation to make. Will you do this? So for 11 months, we loved on her. We nurtured her. We watched a little girl just become a girl that was just full of joy of life. And within the last few weeks of us having her, and, and the handoffs to mom that, that was happening on a weekly basis, 
we started seeing a mom that wanted her daughter again. We started seeing a, a little girl that, that enjoyed being with her mom. In fact, the, the last day we handed her over, Kylie just lit up as we opened the door and she saw her mom. It, it was for a God-ordained season that we got to be this providential relationship in her life. We never know what, what God's up to and what God's doing and, and why he's using us or, 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 or why we only get these people in our life for, for only so long. I want them to stay longer. Why can't they? Because he puts them in our lives for a God-ordained season knowing that we need them for this particular season. And I'll remind you of what that Hebrews writer said, let us spur one another on. That, that, that we would do that and, and really that, that, that what he's saying is that we would do this to each other. Let, let, us, let us spur one another on. And some of you, you might look at this and go, uh, uh, that's animal cruelty, Will. Uh, no, why, why would you be showing us this? This is not inhumane. If you really understand how a cowboy that, that, that is trained or a cowgirl that would be trained to use these, then what you would understand is that this is a tool that gets to be used that creates a bond far faster than without between a horse trainer and a horse. That that, that, that cowboy, that cowgirl that would use these, that they will use this to, to encourage a change of behavior when a change of behavior is needed. It'll be a, I'm going to tap you on one side because that's what I'm training you to do, that you would turn when I tap you on that side. That it's a, hey, we need to get going quickly, so I'm going to tap you with both. And, and it's not about inflicting this massive pain. It, it's about spurring on that horse to do all that horse is capable of doing. And the Hebrew writer said to us that let us spur one another on. And yeah, there, there are times that these can inflict a little bit of pain. It's not meant to be a permanent pain. It's a corrective pain. It's hard to welcome that. But when God sent a providential relationship into our life, he's doing it when it's painful to correct us. When he sends a providential relationship into our life, when, when we're just down and hurting, it's, it's to encourage us, it's to give us hope that God knows what he's doing when it comes to giving us these providential relationships of these relationships that show up at just the right time, that they provide just what we've needed, that they unite us to what is God's best for our lives and that they remain for a God-ordained season. They spur us on. Last passage I'll share with you is in Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That a providential relationship is a relationship that's going to sharpen another person. They sharpen us. And sometimes we won't welcome them at first because we don't want to be sharp. That's painful. We don't like what's going on. I don't want to hear that. But it's what God is doing and what he's up to when he puts these people. Sometimes these providential relationships, it's just painful to hear What's being said, it's painful to face the reality of where we 
are not doing what we should be doing. Sometimes these providential relationships give us the hope that we thought was gone. The hope that we thought was lost. And that God knows what he is doing. And staying connected to a community of faith, it keeps our faith growing. It, it, it's, it's why we, we can't afford to slip away from our community of faith because if we do, what can happen next so easily is we begin to drift from our faith. So God puts these providential relationships to keep us connected. And that we have a, a handful of ways to, to keep people in, in, in a faith community. That, that just coming and sitting in a row on a Sunday, that, it doesn't give you that faith community. Get, getting involved with a, with a small group, a community group, we call them journey teams. That, that's a way. Get, getting involved as a, as a volunteer and, and serving alongside some others that, that you get to begin to build a relationship with, with those you're serving alongside or those that you're serving. Getting involved with our, our Forge men's ministry, our Bling, our women's ministry. These are all areas that create community for us, a faith community that helps our faith to grow. That we can't neglect what God is doing when he sends these providential relationships right into our midst. Because a providential relationship, it's an invitation to get back to where God intends us to be. To get back to where we don't lose sight of of hope because God knows just what we need. And I want to tell you, just like there's some of you that are here that that you've been a providential relationship for me and I've I've tried to do my best to, to communicate and express back to you my gratitude. And I don't get to mention everybody by name that's been a providential relationship for me. But I'm so grateful for them. And the one thing that I really want you to do as a homework assignment, if you will, is if you've not expressed gratitude to these providential people, as you look back, these providential people that God's put in your life, Will you take the time to express your thankfulness to these people that God used? And it's not just the people. Don't neglect thanking your Heavenly Father who is the orchestrator of these very relationships that get put into your life. Because unshakable is a not without you. Pray with me. God, it seems so so trivial to say thank you. And God, as I just pray on behalf of all of us, I None of us mean this in a trivial way. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts 
for loving us so much that you will orchestrate things years in the making to give us these providential relationships that we need. God, soften our hearts to where we're willing to to hear a correctiveness when that's what you're sending. God, open our eyes to see when we are being reminded of hope that we can get past all the cloud and the fog or the tunnel vision and hear the encouragement and hear the perspective and hold on to the hope that you're sending our way. Jesus, it's in your name we pray.